Get Puck. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Pucked podcast. Matt Vito, Dave here with you. And yes, yes, I know it's been a little bit of time. Let's get that out of the way right off the bat. Um, there was obviously uh, the holidays that took a little bit of our time. Uh, for the most part, we're all family guys here and with the kids and whatnot. And Vito with his dog, I'm sure he had a big Christmas celebration there uh, over, the, uh, over the holidays. Eh. So that's a little bit of our time. My situation is a little more personal, but go for it. That's it. So so on top of that, there was obviously some uh, some personal related stuff that required us to step away, as well as illnesses. I think three out of three of us caught COVID at different times. So anyways, happy news. We're back. Um, and for everybody that stuck around and a couple people that reached out to us that asked if we're still doing this thing, thanks so much. It's uh, nice to know that we were missed by at least a couple of you. So, that out of the way, let's get into some Hockey News 2024 edition. There's a few things. Right off the bat, uh, on this particular day, there's something actually not Habs related, but I do want to touch about it just quickly. The Nylander contract seems to be coming to a head over in Toronto. Um, this is going to be a monster contract by the looks of it, by the rumblings that are out there at this present time. It looks like eight years is what's on the table, $92 million in total. Um, that is going to put him as the most highest paid leaf, if I'm not mistaken. Overall contract. Overall, overall contract. contract. Yeah. Per year cap. But yeah. Yeah. Because Matthews is only on a four year deal. Right. So just out of curiosity, just quickly, because we, we always talk about, and a lot of people in this market talk about the way a team is structured and built and you need these superstars, but to get superstars, you got to pay them and then you become top heavy. And so what do you guys feel? Like, do you think the Leafs, Obviously, this doesn't change the team. This is what their team has been, the big four now, for a couple of years, and they haven't achieved much success with them. But now they're going all in. Is this a matter of just, it's only a matter of time till they bust through, and you got to pay the guys that earn the big bucks. you got to pay these guys to keep them. Or is it more a fear from a GM perspective that you don't want to be the guy that lets one of these big guys walk, and then everybody rags on you, and so you're forced kind of to pay even though – you probably don't want four guys making like $11 million a piece on your team. What do you think about that? How do you stand? Um, first off, I, if that's the deal for Nylander, I like it. I mean, I think it was important for them to lock down Nylander. I think he's a guy who actually performs in the playoffs. He's a clutch guy. He's always there when they need him. And he gets a lot of uh, hate from that fan base over there. But uh, I think he's probably one of the most important, one of the top four uh, of the big four over there. So obviously Austin Matthews a little bit more, but William Nylander is right there to me over, over Mitch Marner even. And I think at the end of the day, like, look, this is what the Leafs are. They, they, they need to, to, to win with this group going forward. And I think that, you know, barring some bad luck or, 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 or like, you know, it, it, the playoffs are such a, a coin toss, right? Like there's such like so many good teams have never gone to where they needed to go. And now obviously uh, it, it's a running gag with them because it seems to be the same result year after year. But at the end of the yeah. day, like it could have, these things could have flipped either way and we wouldn't be talking about these storylines, right? It's just like a, a, a good bounce here, a good, a good day there. And, and we're not talking about this anymore. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the way the Leafs are built. Obviously, like you'd like to see them get better goaltending. If it, it, like they they have some major flaws that they've failed to well they've addressed, but they failed to properly address, and they've taken some chances and they've rolled some dice and it hasn't worked out. But again, 
one of those dice rolls works out and we're not talking the way we're talking about the Leafs right now. So I think it's good. I think, it, you know, you can't let guys like Nylander, Marner, Matt, like you have, you have a stud lineup. You have to keep them. And I think um, it's okay. There, there's a way to balance. If you're a good general manager, there's a way to find uh, balance in that lineup and, and find gems elsewhere and find value elsewhere. I think that it's the right move for them. Now, if they could find some goaltending, it'd be great. That isn't uh, Martin Jones, which is like he's playing so well. But like, what? Who's to say? Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the dice roll that you're maybe. suggesting. Okay, maybe. interesting. All right, so you're all for it, and I mean, I I kind of expected you to be given that. I think you've said in the past that Nylander was like one of your oh, I yeah. don't know wishful thoughts to to kind of get to the offseason and free agents and Habs go all in on him. Okay, he's so somehow cool. underrated. He is somehow underrated, which he should I know. It's I, it's odd. I like Nylander, too. He's also a Habs killer, so having him here would be a nice thing, too. <laughs> Vito, what do you think about it? Just quickly before we get to Habs talk. I think they have too much skill up front, and they don't have enough money because we're in the cap era to round out the rest of their team. you got four guys making a little over $11 million, $11 million or more, and it's just you can't do that in a cap world. Something's got to give. I think the biggest mistake was years ago giving John Tavares that contract, albeit he's done pretty well with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs from a statistical standpoint, very similar to the numbers he was putting up with the Islanders. Um, however, they've got too much uh, too much skill up front and not enough to round out the rest of the team. Their defense is still pretty pretty questionable. I mean, yeah, you have Morgan Riley and you have some pieces there that, you know, are serviceable, but not enough to say that, you know, you're a contender. And they've been having a goaltender issue for, for as long as I can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Murray wasn't the answer. Uh, Samsonov clearly isn't the answer. Guy got put on waivers after they sacrificed the second round pick for him. Now they have Martin Jones, old man Martin Jones, there as playing as their number one, and they're just trying to get a, a revolving door of uh, of yeah. meh goalies. And 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 you know, had if you would have if they would have put the money towards other aspects of that team, they probably would have more success. It's no guarantee because nothing's guaranteed in the NHL. But you have four guys that are eating up the majority of the cap. Now, some might argue, okay, this coming off season, the uh, the cap is going to go up. But they somehow always find a way to still just put it on offense. And and while we are more in an offense-driven type of hockey these days, they still need character. They need certain defensemen and they need certain uh, pieces to round out the rest of the team. I don't have faith in the Leafs going forward to say that they're a true contender. They're going to put up points. They're going to put up... Uh, you know, they're always going to be up there in the standings because of the firepower that they have, but they haven't proven that these are the guys that can ride the ship through the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So you, you, well, just then you wouldn't have given Nylander this contract. I, I understand why they gave Nylander the contract. I think it goes to what you said. I think any GM who would have stepped in, doesn't matter who it was, whether it was Dubas or whether it's Trilliving, you, it's hard to let these types of guys walk when you have them. So you throw the money at them, you try to keep them. Because it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If they let him walk, people are going to crucify him. If they don't let him walk and they sign him, people are still going to crucify him. So it's like, what do you do? They had no choice. If I were them, if I was the GM, you'd have to try to figure out a way to move Tavares. Because I'd rather keep the other three and not Tavares. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily in the cards for them. But... I kind of I, I'm of the same sentiment of, of as you guys as it pertains to this. I mean, I just I'm more leaning towards yes, he's great. You can't let him go. So obviously, it's not just 
like, oh, you're throwing money at whoever. This is a top player uh, on their team and arguably an underrated top player in the NHL. Um, it's just, I can't, this is a lot of money to invest in four guys. And four guys that, like Vito was suggesting, they're all up front. You know, your goaltender is rough. Your defense is not great. The bottom, you know, six, nine, bottom nine of your top lines there, you know, is... is Anyways, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen because all these things, the, the fun thing about this, again, right before we get off Toronto, is that when a team has success, if they go far, then suddenly it's a copycat league. Other GMs are going to see it, and that's going to be kind of the recipe. They're going to throw big money at superstars, and teams are going to be built around like one, well, three, three four-ish guys, and it's like, that's the mold. That's the mold they're going to go. Well, with. You have two teams in the NHL that are that are like that, and both of them are struggling to have that playoff success and, and that Stanley Cup run and, and all of that. The, the Edmonton Oilers are one, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are the other ones. Well, Edmonton, the Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers, is well. Hold on, because Edmonton was three. like a two-headed dragon until Hyman now is is on a fifty-goal pace. You can't really put the Nuge up there too much. He's 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 good, but he's not in the same level as the four guys over in Toronto. So, so who like who's the well, other big ones? In, in it have, there's a lot of similarities there. First off, you look at McDavid, and he's two players by himself statistically. Okay, speaking. but but realistically, Price, name me four players, guys. But... Okay, so the four guys, uh, McDavid, yeah, McDavid, uh, Drysaddle. I would put the Nuge there, but he doesn't make that kind of money. So already, no, we're not he even doesn't. About the same thing. Yeah, but the fourth it, would be it, Zach Hyman, obviously. Yeah, but... it would be. It would be. And defensively, on the on the defensive side, I mean, Toronto doesn't have a Darnell Nurse, although he is grossly overpaid. And and you know, you can say statistically, Evan Bouchard is better than I. I like I like Edmonton's defense more than Toronto, but I mean, I'm just if you wanted to take a better comparison, it's better to look over at Pittsburgh as the four big dogs that are there. If you want yeah, to compare it to Toronto, you want but to go Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh yeah, won three Stanley Cup. Exactly, it's not the same thing. So, and of course. You know Crosby, he's he's older now, but his con like his money's down. He took that eight point well, seven. You want to know who's the team, who's a team that's more well rounded and has firepower that you could people argue and debate all the time is Colorado. Mm -hmm. Colorado's got the firepower and they have a more well balanced team. Yeah, because look at their look at what guys are making. Are any of them making eleven million dollars? Well, now that comes that comes back to a point that I was going to bring up. I was just waiting for everybody to finish here. Nylander's contract, I understand giving it to him, but the four players that have signed with Toronto, they had all the leverage and they got all the everything they asked for. They're they're getting signing bonuses. Their contracts are are going to be really difficult to move going forward, even if player teams want to take. Let's say they become available, which they won't, but. Uh, they're going to be hard to move. It's all it's all upfront money, most of them with a bunch of signing bonuses, no movement clauses everywhere. The players have yeah. full full control. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah. They're all the in. Players, the Leafs are all in. They're, they're, forget, yeah, they, but they've been all in. I yeah, they've, yeah. They've, they've been all in. Now, like, you can argue, you know, there, there's some hits and misses there, and, and they're trying to do their best, but it's just like. They're missing a, a few key pieces, and and it's hard. But like, I feel that it's winnable with this. Like, maybe with a different route. Other like, Matt Murray was never going to be the answer. That was a disaster waiting to happen. Um, okay, Samsonov was fine. Rolling the dice on him is fine. But everybody else, like, it's just like you know, they rolled the dice on Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi and stuff like that. And it, it's just, I feel as though they could have taken chance other 
chances that like same type of players for the same type of money and filled in a better roster. So I do think that the potential to win is there with four guys up front like that. I, I in, my, in, my, in my opinion, having the goalies that they went and acquired, Samsonov, Martin Jones, and all that, instead of putting the money on, everyone was calling it they needed grit and sandpaper. And God, they, they did really need that. But go put a better defensive core in front of those goalies, and maybe those goalies are not as bad or letting in as many goals. You guys are also uh, forgetting Justin Hall, right? Like, I think he's their actual goalie until he got yeah. hurt, the, the kid. Hall is the goal, the defenseman, or not the defenseman? Who's the who's the Joseph yeah, Wall? Joseph Wall, Wall, not Hall. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, that, that's also the like that they got lucky. Like today's point about getting lucky and rolling the dice. This kid was kind of, oh, what what do they got going on here? And unfortunately, he goes down. And now you're kind of finding a little bit of luck with Martin Jones. But prior to that, they went with Samsonov, and that was a disaster. And so, anyways, it's it's just it's one of those interesting situations. I agree with Dave. I think there is potential there. But I understand you guys have more to say about this. I just I really don't want to spend any more time talking about yeah, Toronto. Yeah, let's move we, on. We went off the topic that I really I just yeah. Let's talk about. Can you see that logo on yeah, uh, the yeah, right yeah. there? Yeah, you want yeah. Toronto? There's a lot of good stuff out there for for you to go listen to. Go find them. Habs related stuff. Right off the bat, just right away. Is Arbor Jack guy in the wrong league? Does he need to be up immediately? Or, or is there not really a, a spot anymore? Did he, did he get replaced by Struble? And then, moreover, this defensive kind of diamond field that the Habs have in these young guys, what's going to happen here? Because you would think the smart money is they have so many good prospects and guys that are showing skill on the ice well beyond their years. They should be able to get a bunch of them together and go and acquire a top six forward. No? Am I crazy? I, Is it I, too early? You don't think other people would do it? So these are two massively different questions that you just yes. uh, posed. <laughs> Feel let, free let, to answer the first one quickly and then more importantly, the second one. Yeah, I figured. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm as big an Arbor Jack Eye fan as, as you could probably. I was rooting for him from the get-go. I like his style of play. I don't think he's in the wrong league. I don't think he's in the wrong league. I don't think it's important. He's yep. developed. He's He is what he is at the NHL level, right? I don't think, um, you know, you could fine-tune his game a little bit here or there, but I think he is what he is. What you see is what you get with Arbor Jacka, and he's a guy who you could call up when you need him and you could put back down when you don't. I don't see him as a, like, oh, man, he must be on this team. Like, he's never going to be a top-four defenseman. He's not, he, you know, he's a, he's a fun guy, fan favorite guy who plays on the back end, who plays rough, who gives you grit, who gives you toughness. But at the end of the day, you, it's time to see, it's time to see, um, it's, it's, it's time to see the actual studs in, in defense and, and the future and to see what you got with them. So I'm perfectly okay with him being in the NHL. As for the other question, I mean, I think again, it's, it's, you're watching it under the microscope and the lens of the Montreal Canadiens and the fan base. Like, I don't think other teams are like looking at Justin Barron and being like, man, I have to get him. I'm going to give up a top six forward for him. Like, I, I, I just okay. don't. No, but see that's it. why I'm saying package wise. Like, I don't think any of the guys they have right now nets you a top six forward from another team. But I think, I think, given what you have playing now and given what's currently in the AHL doing its thing, and I'm not talking about the Norlanders of the world. I'm talking about Mayu. I'm talking about Reinbacher. I'm talking about Harris and Struble 
And all of these younger guys, I'm not saying trade them all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have them all and they all can't play. So what are you going to do with them? But do they have value though? Like, are if you're if you're watching, well, that's what I'm guys, asking. Do they have value? I, I don't think they do. Not yet. I don't think they okay. do. I'm sorry. They're, the the Canadians are not world beaters with these guys in the lineup. Like, okay, they're playing good. They're playing well. I don't know, man. They're 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 not like can't miss. Pro like to me, they're not. They haven't like obviously other than like a Kane Gooley, but like that that guys like that are not going to move. So there's no point in talking about that stuff like that. So like. I don't know if I'm an NHL team and I'm like, oh, I'm going to give up a top six forward to, to, to roll the dice on Jordan Harris and, and whoever else you want to package him with. I think, again, I think they're, they're, it's fine and, and where they are in their development is promising. And I think it's exciting and I think it's okay to be excited about what's coming. I just don't think they have a trade value yet. I think that it's a mistake to think. It would be probably as an addition, okay, you're getting this nice defensive prospect plus – and that's where the value would lie. But I don't think like a couple of defense, unproven defensive prospects. Because again, you could talk all you want. I don't think any of these guys so far are proven. I I'm not sold on any of them uh, as being... Would you, would, you, would you be... And we'll get to you in a second, Vito, because I know you got something to say. Would you be more... Is it, is it a sexier angry. package? Is it a sexier package if I say something more like David Savard plus one of the better prospects... It won't get you a top six forward because the type of team that's getting David Savard needs their top six forwards. You know what I mean? They're not dealing with top, top six, forwards. top six, uh, 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 potential, like a, like, like a prospect that's that's really cutting it in there. I mean, that's, there, there's a that's a different story. So yeah, that's exactly. If, if you talk about like you're talking about a prospect, an offensive prospect that could potentially play in your top six, then yes, I think that's potentially possible. But a current top six guy, that I don't think I don't see it happening. Well, what would Kent Hughes, Vito, you know, we'll pivot to you for this one. Do you think Kent Hughes is more inclined to go get a proven top six now and try to make something happen? Or would he be comfortable going I don't to get think, a prospect potential top six? No, I, I think I think even though the Montreal Canadiens are achieving a little more than people expected this year, I don't think I think they're they're par for the course. They're sticking to their plan. If they were if they're gonna go and get a player, it's gonna be somebody who is not there today. It could be more for tomorrow. And uh, it will help the Montreal Canadiens long term, not just in the short term or the mid midterm. That's where I think it, Kent Hughes would go. So I would think that he's going to go more for a player that they can, you know, put under Martin Saint Louis tutelage. That's got the upside. That's got the the, the, the skill set and the tools that they're maybe looking for that can fit into a top six, similar to what they believe Newhook could be. Um, but I don't think they would they would get a top six that's ready to slot into the roster right now with the types of players that that you're talking about the only way you're going to get that kind of guy it's and this is something i do agree with dave on is if you're moving a kaden goalie which is not happening because he's the only one that's proven that still has a lot more upside can eat minutes can you know yeah, he, he's not only there. so goalie's not moving now where i disagree with dave is about jack eye i think jack eye going to the ahl was beneficial for him i think he needed to round out his game i think he got caught up in the hype of being the uh the kind sheriff. of like the the mm -hmm. sheriff, the, the 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 modern day goon, the, the the police officer on the ice, and that was I think hindering his game a little bit. I think there's a lot, there's a bit bit of a he's got some untapped potential offensively there that I think could work if he's coached the right way in the in the NHL. You know, he's got a cannon of a shot; they could leverage that. I'm not saying he has to be a number one power play guy, but he could be somebody that can be on the second power play. His wrist shots or snaps tend to hit the net more often than not. He's got some untapped potential offensively there. His defensive game is where it seems like they wanted him to work on in the HL, where they just want him to like 
get back on track of being a defenseman. Do the little things right. Don't just go out and try to intimidate everybody and, and whatnot. But you, one of the, the things that are working with the Laval Rocket is the fact that people know he's on the ice and they second-guess themselves in certain things that they would most normally get away with. And right now, Montreal is lacking that. You can see there's some games lately that players okay. are taking liberties with the, with the, the roster, and they could benefit from having someone like Jack Ita, you know, uh, fight if need to be. If need to be, not that the way he okay. was before. But you took, but you took my bait now. You took my bait now. Who does he take uh, the place of? Yeah, big sigh. That's what I thought. That's I the problem. I, I think that, no, it's not really a problem. I think that the Habs could use somebody like Jack Eye more so than somebody like Jordan Harris right now. But Harris isn't playing. Harris has been playing. It no, has been a game off, a game on, a game off. Right game now, the, the team that. that just played the New York Rangers, one of the better teams in the league, and beat them, who in that top six do you take out and put and put Arbor Jack Eye in? Don't tell me Harris. He's not even in the lineup right now. I I would given that he just got to the NHL and although he's playing very well, I would give oh, you're Struble sick. a game off. You're you're a sick man. And put Jack Eye in there. Yeah, why not? Why Struble, not? by I the way, tell you this. Was a Jack Eye right now. Jack Eye right now is one of the only prospects. What I call him a prospect defenseman that is a little more proven and is attractive to other teams come playoff time. Now Thank I don't you. want to trade Jack Eye. There's my new pivot. You keep coming to where I want you to go, my man. I'm Good. not trading Jack Eye. Is he not the best trade chip to package with something to get you something good? Doesn't he fit Yes, but I think, it'll be a, I think it'll be a giant <sighs> mistake from the Montreal Canadiens to trade Ooh, Giant mistake. Giant yeah. mistake? Yeah. Yes, because he's a type of player that Dave, is, is rare now. <laughs> Some story, Dave. Uh, I mean, if you if you could deal Jack Eye, I think you, you should. Um, again... I think we're overvaluing his value around the league. I think I think he's an exciting guy. You, you you could probably can deal him. There probably will be teams calling. Hey, what, what can I do to get Jack off your hands? I don't think you're going to get the return that Ken Hughes will want. So I don't think it'll happen, in my opinion. I think you'll be disappointed by whatever return you'll see Jack I gets you. Um, I don't think there's too many playoff teams giving up so Great. much to acquire a sixth defenseman. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I just don't see it. You'll get I just a, don't believe that he's only a sixth defenseman. Okay, well I, that's. I, you, think, you, think, I, you think Jack is a top four? Don't tell me top I think, two. I'll give you top four. I, no, top no. four is what I you're th- saying? I think Jack Guy has the potential, the upside to on be a good team. Four. On a good team. On a, on, a, on a Stanley Cup if contender. Reaches, if he reaches everything and uses his entire body of work and, and skill set and it gets to that, he can be a four. Whew, okay. Wow. That's uh, – I mean, look, I, I, I like – I guess position is five, five, six. That's I like, like – your optimism. But yeah, I but believe it, he can be a, a But again – there's no team that's going to deal you uh, a top prospect or whatnot for no. Jack Eye for a, a guy who might, if he hits his top potential, be in the top. See, I, I like Jack Eye. I like Jack Eye on the team. I like the physicality. I like the sheriff uh, thing behind him. I like that he's a guy that's out there that's going to stand up for people. This is good. I like his shot, like you said. But I think overall, the ceiling he's a he's a bottom six defenseman ceiling wise i don't see it the way you see it and i like the kid a lot like a lot i like his story i like him i like his personality but if other teams see him kind of the way you see him Vito, i a hundred percent put him in a package and i get something that the team needs because there look, are just look, there's already people other guys that could do what he does 
there's already analysts that have come out, and albeit they're analysts from the Montreal media for the most part, but they've already come out and said that in a, in, in a sense, somebody like Jack Eye can and is probably already more valuable than somebody like Justin Barrett. People are already saying that because of his physicality, because of his size, because of he's got the shot. There's things you could plug him in different aspects of the game. As for somebody like Justin Barron, it, you know what you're getting with him. Okay, but that, 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 that's a fair statement, but it does not mean that, like, if George, Justin Barron's value is going to be in the top four if he can be a top four defenseman. And to, right now, I don't think he's there, but maybe eventually he could come there. You're right. He, probably as, as a bottom six, like, you'd want a little bit more grit, a guy who could do a little bit uh, more versatility. You're right in that sense. But I just, again, I, I just don't see, like, the potential for Justin Barron is more than our Arbor Jack Yes, that's, that's the winner right there. If Justin Barrett hits where he need, where he can hit, he's going to be a top four defenseman without okay, question. Okay, so let me, and, let me and he's still got more time to get there than Arbor Jack guy. Where not this, I don't necessarily think like Dave. Like this is what he is. I think there is still a little bit of room to continue to grow and make himself an actual NHL everyday defenseman. I don't think he belongs in the AHL, but I don't think you could look at anybody on this team. And today's point, this is not a great team. So just on this team, I think he has a hard time getting back in. I think that's proven right now, given that he's sitting in the AHL. I mean, I mean, how much more refinement does he? He's, he's been up there the whole time. Now he lost his spot. He's succeeding in the AHL right now, and I think that's what what he needed to do. He needed to go because to he's a tweener. He's a tweener. Mm -hmm. He should be a six. If he hits the top of this plateau, it could be an everyday five and, and border on second pairing. But, like, he's not going to be a top four. Justin Barron is projected and has a lot of that out there in his game to show that he is okay. going to be a top four. Uh, listen, he just has to I'm saying, I'm saying, and, and, and Jack, I, just to, to scrape in there for two seconds, Jack I is um, suited. His game is suited for the AHL. You know what I mean? Like he is suited to be an, yeah. a, an AHL player, so like him going back down, like you when you send Cole Caulfield down to the AHL or, or a player like that, like th they're not necessarily going to blow up the league because they're not, you know what I mean? Like they need play playmakers on their side. They need they need to get the puck. They need to. So when you send a guy like Jack Eye down, like he's suited for the AHL. He could play in any league. That's why he he could be an NHLer, and he is probably an NHLer. But he does. He he will perform well in the AHL as well, and that's why you're seeing how he's playing there. He's, he would never. He was never going to be a guy who went to the AHL and wilted. You know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of also interested. Just one our last topic here, because the Habs are in a very familiar place in the standings right now. It's a place we mm -hmm. don't like. They're a couple of points out of a playoff. They they are they are missing some serious pieces that are out for the season on their team. So they're kind of getting there on on sheer will and determination, John Wick style. And All it just in shootouts. Yeah, overtime wins, shootout wins. None of them really seem to be like like full blown. Yep, they've won this game start to finish. There's a lot of development happening on the team with a lot of kids still that's there, and this is great. But they find themselves in a spot. Where and still with three goalies on the roster, I might add. Are are we destined as fans to, to, to just get comfortable in this spot? Should people take a step back and realize obviously you have no control over the situation? Enjoy the ride and don't think about the fact that oh, they're gonna probably miss the playoffs by a bit and therefore get a outside the top 10 pick. 
Or, uh, you know what, just... They're, they're, they're exactly where we projected at the at the start of the season. But also, like... At the, start, at the start of the season, if they were going to have a, a good year, like, what do we see, what do we want for the Montreal Canadiens this year? Was that they would finish 8-9-10. And right now in the standings, they're ninth at the bottom. Yeah. And, and and they're also they're they're four like okay they're five points out of a playoff spot yes but there's a whole bunch of teams ahead of them but they're only four points back from being second to worst in the East and four points back from being a top five pick overall in the in the NHL so I think they are uh, to Vito's point exactly where they're supposed to be I don't think anybody is really looking at them and being like oh they're five points out of a playoff spot they're gonna make that push I think that you know, more more than likely you'll see them fade here a little bit uh, yeah, the- as we go on. I, th- I think it's circumstantial too when you think of it, right? There's two or three teams that are below the Montreal Canadiens that were projected to be way higher up in the standings. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, Ottawa, off the top of my head, even uh, Ottawa, forget them. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, but either way, you know, we uh, people expected them to be way higher in the standings, yeah. especially with the firepower that they have. The you know, I think Dave was the one who said that Seattle is in and around where Montreal is at right now in the standings, but. And they weren't going to replicate what they did last year, but there's teams that are like behind them or slightly ahead of them that are that we expect or people projected to be way higher up in the standings. So if you think of it, those two teams that I mentioned, Ottawa and Buffalo, for example, if they were to be where people had projected them to be, Montreal would actually be around seven from the bottom. Okay, but this this whole what if situation is what plays out all over social media, and that's what bothers people a lot. So just staying staying to the facts, they are a handful of points out of a playoff spot. So do you believe it's more likely that they're gonna fade, more injuries pile up, teams buckle down, and they end up falling down into a seven or six spot in 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 the in the potential draft lottery, yes. or or is this team somehow gonna push? No into potentially a bubble and just just make it or just miss it which is no. you know I I, I, I don't, Dave, I, don't no. I don't I don't think they're they're that team I don't think they're that team that that yeah. that's there I mean I, I just think look I mean Sam Montabo has been robbing like stole stealing some games here or there I think that oh, yes. you still have to play Jake Allen you still have to play maybe Caden Primo who knows how this goes so you're gonna rack up some L's you're gonna start dealing some pieces at the deadline you're gonna start to fade here you're gonna see it a little bit teams are gonna you know it's just and look it at the what teams, it is look at the teams that are ahead of them by a few points yeah Tampa Bay New Jersey Pittsburgh. all for Pittsburgh uh, you know, like Detroit, those teams are all ahead of Montreal to begin with. So Montreal making the playoffs is very unlikely. And there's some teams that are in the back that are starting to pick up their game. Buffalo's one point behind Montreal now. So they're going to probably jump uh, jump Montreal on that. It's, it's like you're going to see Montreal go down somewhere where we predicted when everybody asked what would be a good season for a rebuilding team is 7, 8, 9, 10. 7, 8, 9, around there. And I think, again, I say this often, but the Canadians are benefiting from the fact that everyone's probably taking them lightly, right? So they're, they're racking up some wins that way, some surprise wins where they come in. You think so? I think so. I still you think, think that teams that's are taking the, them lightly still? Of course. I think so. I think they see them as, oh, they were a bottom five team last year. They're not going to be – they're in a rebuild. I don't think they – I don't think they like – it's a, it's the NHL, right? So everyone's competing. But I just think that they're not game planning as much. They're not looking ahead as, as much ta- – like if there's any time – for these guys to like, quote unquote, take a day off, which we all know happens in the NHL. Uh, you, you'll never convince me otherwise. It, it's Got a reason it. why the Leafs, look at the Leafs. Look at the Leafs. Every time we, we open it with the Leafs, let, let's talk with the Leafs now. Every time they play a team that is terrible, they lose. 
why do you think that happens? You think it's it's because they just they play down to their level. They don't prep. They don't watch the tape. They don't they don't work as hard. And it's the truth, though. It's the truth. It's there's nothing. And and this happens year and year in and year out for a lot of teams. It's just it's these guys are human beings, and you go in and a game. Yeah. And you're, you're going to play the Montreal Canadiens. You know, okay. Still think the biggest surprise this year uh, in the standings is Ottawa. That's just. Uh, they're a mess. They're a mess. Yeah, that's that's a whole, that whole other no. podcast of like a <laughs> forty-five minute talk to dive deep into what happened there and what's going on, and hopefully well, someone from they, the Ottawa I, segment or the fan base can I, handle that. I don't think I have it in me emotionally to even go there. It's just it's such a whirlwind. I'm not a huge Ottawa fan, but I mean, it's just you would have thought after all these years, give the fans there a little something, and the team was kind of coming together, and then just. <clears throat> So on paper, as a head coach, not on my, uh, oh, that's, <laughs> but on paper, you look at the roster and you're like, okay, this is a team that's gonna, it's, it's gonna really compete. Okay. Their goaltending was questionable because giving four and a half million dollars to Corpus Allo is rough. But I mean, you look and you say they have the pieces you need. They have the firepower. They have the names on paper, but something's not clicking there. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, they went and made some bold moves, you know, getting to brink it. I think it was one of them. It didn't work. Like, not obviously this year, but I mean in the past. Like, they've rolled the dice and they've done some good things. And then you just you just kind of look at them and you're like, man, they're just going to Ottawa Senator, you know? That's, yep. that's what they are. Yep. There's no other uh, description for it. It's uh, it's a bit odd, like uh, like we were alluding to quickly there. There's there's a lot of interesting things in the NHL right now. I mean, looking at the teams that aren't succeeding when you expected them to, it was a bit of a shock. Teams like Winnipeg that are sitting at the top of the NHL. Uh, like what i mean there's just uh, the nhl the parody in the league is phenomenal it's a lot of fun it's interesting although it does lead to frustrating situations like it does for the Habs and the fan base here which now the team is kind of like you know where do you go like are they staying the path are they gonna are they gonna try to acquire are they gonna try to get rid of it's interesting to see what's gonna play out in the next couple of weeks and we're gonna be following that as now that we're back ladies and gentlemen i just gotta we're point out be, one thing. Uh, please point out one thing there I understand what Vito said before about how like you're not in the market for a top six forward because they're not there yet. They got to stay the court. But at one point, like I'm done with the prospects. You know what I mean? Like I'm done waiting for prospects and getting prospects and just hoping that they work out and this and that. Like you got to start getting caliber guys. And I, I, I'm I'm kind of done with it. You know, the Justin Barron is going to be amazing. The Neil Heineman is going to be amazing. Yeah. The rec- like I'm 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 kind of done with it now. Now it's like put on. We're moving forward. You don't have to go and 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 break the bank right away. We're not, not the Habs are not competing right away. I understand that, but at one point you can you can get a roster player that's good, a proven bona fide top six that's going to fit into your vision for the next few years. Uh, to, that's what he has to go at this point because moving. You know you're going to trade Sean Monahan for another first round pick or for it's like. You need you start to need to see something coming in a little bit, right? And but what assets do they have right now? Picks, prospects. I mean, yeah, it's picks and prospects. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is if the team on the other side is willing to move a top six for picks and prospects, unless they know it's a top six that wants out of that organization. It's about the situation that okay. that team finds itself in: cap yeah. crunch, player on expiring contracts. That's how you got to get these things. Exactly. Because a full, an actual hockey trade is not going to happen. But that does lead an interesting question that I'm going to lead to anybody who made it here to the end. Thank you so much for listening. Um, is there somebody out there that you know, you smart hockey people listening to us, 
that you are sitting back and thinking to yourselves, man, please, either at the trade deadline or in the offseason, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I see fitting into this team in the top six. Trade what it takes, prospects, picks, throw throw what you got to throw at it. This is a guy that I think is going to round out that top six perfectly for the Canadians. We'd love to know who you got in uh, in your mind as to who that's going to be, and it's going to be somebody that we're going to bring up on the next episode. That's the homework for you gentlemen. Come back to me. Tell me, who's your who's your unicorn? Who's coming into this team in the top six from another team? I don't care how the trade happens, but who's it going to be that's going to come in here that you think that is like, hmm, that is a Montreal Canadian top six player right there. I've never so, been great with homework, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'll remind you a couple times, Dave. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. Fair enough. Thank you very much, everybody. We're happy to be back. This was a lot of fun. Um, for everybody that stuck around, everybody, again, that asked about, uh, you know, how we're doing and what's going on. Thank you so much. We appreciate every single one of you and, uh, keep an eye out on that social media stuff for, uh, you know, when the next episode's coming out and interact with us. We love that too. Also like subscribe, you know, that whole jazz. So for Dave and Vito, I'm Matt and happily this was get pucked.